I was listening with Ashley. She's like, really? <laughs> I thought I thought I edited most of this. Out. <laughs> I think you just pulled my leg. I couldn't really. I don't really hear it. I just yeah. I'm just hearing for the. I'm listening for the takes, not the. There's like but I know I do it's, it. It's pretty much never like Rudy. What do you think about that? It's like you can guarantee there's going to be a. So. <laughs> Stupid. Don't, don't go on the internet. Watch TV. Read newspapers. I hate this place. Uh, geographical oddity. Two weeks from everywhere. No television. Bye. What do you do? You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. You must have had on some really nice pants. Okay, here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Loose Concept, the loosest conceptual movie podcast on the internet. My name is Elijah Smith, and joining me tonight... Oh, I forgot to do come up with titles. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> ah, darn it. Get them next week. <laughs> joining me tonight from across the internet, a man who needs no introduction... <laughs> The people know him and love him. A recurring guest on this show, the one and only Sean Mackey. Am I a recurring guest or a host? You're a host. (laughs) (laughs) You're a recurring host. (laughs) I thought that was in my contract. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, we're currently in a in a debate over uh, an extension, so we'll see about that. Currently in contract negotiations. Contract talks. You're trying to become the highest paid podcaster in the game. Oh yeah, trying to get that that Joe Rogan. <laughs> also joining us from the other end of the internet. Wait, wait. <laughs> my neighbor's my neighbor's going up the stairs. Hold on. Okay, sorry. It was my neighbor next to me who's really cool, but <laughs> don't want to hear him. Don't want don't want him hearing me talk about a podcast. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go go on. Also joining us from the other end of the internet. He doesn't want his neighbors to think he has a podcast, so he's going to be speaking extra softly. Rudy, Rudolph. <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh, trying to be considerate of the neighborhood. Uh, funny story about our neighborhood. We have this raccoon infestation. What? Oh, no. They come out of the gutters. We hear them in the garbage can. They've actually they're, they've become to, come to be more like pets. I was just going to say, you should capture one and keep it for yourself. Well, on Thursday morning, I woke up, and sure enough, there's a little raccoon sitting in a cage by the garbage can. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was the kingpin. They captured the kingpin. They're going to (laughs) relocate him somewhere else and uh, pray the tribe follows. Is that the the official terminology for the the lead raccoon of a pack, the kingpin? Yes. It's on Wikipedia. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't but, uh, know they had that type of social structure. I'm sure they don't. No, I really don't think they do. They're like gangs, roving gangs. It's just like a, a complete guess that they're <laughs> total guess. Yeah, but uh, that's the most exciting thing that happened this week. Wow. Yeah. That's electric, though. You, I'm, I'm advocating you kidnap one, and <laughs> you uh, make it our podcast mascot. <laughs> what would we call him? Um, Ralph. Ralph the Raccoon. Ralph the Raccoon. Ralph the Loose Concept Raccoon. <laughs> Love it. Concept art come. <laughs> it's like, I no, think it's that's, not. I think this idea it, has legs. <laughs> everyone dude, keep, that could be like part of our. Everyone logo. keep at the uh, keep your eyes on the Loose Concept Instagram feed at Loose Concept Pod on Instagram for uh, some potential Ralph the Raccoon content. <laughs> 
I think, the, I think there's some stuff I can do with this. Oh gosh, love it. I'm gonna gonna take it downstairs to the interns and uh, have them whip up some art for it. <laughs> well, being as uh, it's now uh, the middle of September, late September, mid September, quarantine is still technically sort of going on. So uh, we thought we'd revisit a some somewhat recurrent segment, the Quarren Streams. This Corn is where we just uh, talk about what uh, we've been streaming in quarantine, even though we're, I don't think any of us are really like quarantining anymore. But it uh, doesn't mean we're, we're not streaming. We're still streaming. Yeah, I don't our, really leave my house. So. Yeah. <laughs> just like an inadvertent quarantine. <laughs> yeah. Really, it's just, just my usual antisocial life, you know. Mm-hmm. My therapist may, makes me do this podcast as a way of getting social interactions. <laughs> the, solely the reason this occurs. But uh, we'll start with Sean. Sean, you're the most most hopped up on this segment, bringing back this segment. What are you streaming these days? So I'm streaming. If you're a fan of soccer, Ooh. if you're not a fan of soccer, you need to check out All or Nothing on Amazon Prime. With the new season with the Tottenham Hotspurs. Yes. Yes. It is electric. Football. Their new manager, um, spoiler alert, is uh, Josie and um, of Chelsea fame, of just English Premier League fame. What's the last name? Um, uh, Marino. Josie Marino. Josie Wales? No. (laughs) He's actually Portuguese. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's incredible. Even if you don't like soccer, there's a lot of drama and, um, character development with the different soccer players. And it really shows you behind the scenes, how they train and just a lot of the interleague, um, decision-making they have to Mm. make, you know, at the different transfer windows. So do you find yourself uh, picking up a British accent watching it? Yeah, you, you kind of do. Um, (laughs) It's like if you watch Downton Abbey or Great British Bake Off, you know you're gonna you're probably gonna take a British accent out of the show, but it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. Well, speaking of accents and picking picking up uh, accents from what you've been watching, I'm gonna talk about what I've been streaming next because it has I've been picking up a lot of a lot of a lot of accent tips or a lot of accent influence from this program. It's not really like a, a TV show; it's just a YouTube series. I find fascinating. (laughs) I've been watching this uh, YouTube channel called Living Large in a Tiny Home. And it's hosted by this (laughs) this large Australian man who's just like this absolute nerd for tiny homes. And he just goes around touring people's tiny homes. And, you know, after a while, all the the tiny homes pretty much look the same. But... uh, He's still just as into him as he was at the start. <laughs> He's done probably about like 400 of these videos, and you he can only links. I really, I'm, I'm, yeah, I will. I'll pass pass along some links. I'm really only watching this for the host. I just find this guy fascinating. But uh, living large in a tiny home. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean by large? Like, is he obese or is he just tall and big? I think he's just tall. He's not like even like that tall. I think he's maybe like six four. He's he's large, but he's not like super large. But I think he's just talking about you know the life you can have living in these little houses. Not for me. (laughs) (laughs) I would I would personally hate that. But uh, it's interesting interesting show. But yeah, he this guy's. Do you think he's actually like five eight? 
and he's just like <laughs> making these really small houses to he make it look like he's tiny, bigger than he actually is. Yeah. He's, he's pure. He's a guy who has has trouble on dating apps, and so he's got to find a way to make himself look like he's taller. So he's just <laughs> he just goes into tiny houses and films videos, so he looks like he's like six four, so he can pick up more girls. Checks out. Checks out. <laughs> checks out. Checks out. But yeah, great accent. Living large Love in it. a tiny home. Look Definitely into it. gonna check that out. Rudy, what are you streaming these days? Bosch. Yeah, so I uh, no no I'm probably re- redo Bosch <laughs> in, the, in the coming months, but um Bosch. I actually picked up The Office again for a little oh, bit. Um, okay. Show is like so funny still. I love it. Um, but more recently, I was watching Meat Eater, Meat Eater, which is a hunting show. Yeah. So it's a guy that's uh, been on Rogan's podcast a little bit. Okay. Named Stephen Ranella, and. You gotta bleep, these... bleep that out. We can't uh, be promoting other po- podcasts, no matter yeah. how no matter how massively famous and influential. But maybe they Joe are. will be like tomorrow. I'll be like, oh yeah, I got this shout out from the Loose Concept guys, we and that get will them boost on. our audience. He's gonna fly us yeah. out to uh, Austin for to do an interview in the new studio. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but yeah, Meteor they just uh, hunt and fish and then eat what they hunt and fish. So it's kind of a uh, best of both worlds. Do you feel your basics. testosterone levels like increasing as you watch it, or it's is it like, <laughs> and it's sort of like an uh, you know an unconscious subconscious thing? Yeah, it's definitely it's it's unlike every other hunting show out there. I don't know if you guys have ever watched hunting shows, but no. it's not like a very <laughs> macho like no. a lot of those hunting shows. Is like, yeah, I'm gonna kill this big buck, and yeah, <laughs> this one's not like that at all. It's very much like. A conservationist, like oh, is this appreciating like pioneer nature. woman for men? Kind of, yeah, sort of. <laughs> do they like? Do they like pray? Pray over the animal, like the one guy, spirit like, or something. After the they one guy it? shot a deer, and he was like, oh, and I like to just put a little grass in its mouth to give him a little meal for his next journey. <laughs> he said to my smoker, I was like, what? <laughs> That's ridiculous. You should have done that before you shot it. <laughs> Can you imagine being shot and just your dead body lying somewhere in a field and the guy who kills you walks up to you and just puts like a cheese you know, a quarter pounder with cheese in your mouth? <laughs> what if that was a finishing move in Call of Duty, that being Sam? <laughs> yeah, this will help you on your, your next journey. Here's Thanks, a Big God. Mac. Appreciate it. <laughs> Word. Thanks, bro. Thanks, cuz. Shouts. <laughs> well, Let's move into our uh, next segment. This is a new segment. We're calling this uh, low-key movie facts with uh, with Rudy. Just, <laughs> just came up with that title now. So low-key, we'll, we'll workshop workshop that a little bit more. But uh, yeah, so yeah, this uh, this week's low-key movie fact with Rudy is uh, it's a little bit of a loose concept uh, idea. Okay, it's uh, it's about our one of our all-time favorite movies, Inception. And it was, the movie fact is this, James Franco was originally set to play Joseph Gordon-Levitt's role of Arthur in the movie Inception. Huh. But then got cut at the end for JGL. So I was wondering what you guys would think about a James Franco in place of Arthur who was, can you imagine him running through that hallway that's twisting and... Yeah. Trying to put everything together? You know, I'm trying to imagine, I kind of like the Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, cast rather than James yeah. Franco, honestly. Yeah, because I think I've, James James is so commanding of an yes. actor. I feel like yeah. he would draw away from. Yep, that's exactly Leo what I was thinking. And Tom and all the other guys. I think Whereas too. Joseph's a good, you know, he can just kind of blend in. 
Yeah, I think too so much of like the way that character and the way he plays that character is tied into the fact that he's like, you know, a little bit smaller and like unassuming, so he has to have this sort of like bravado and like, you know, sort of like vibe serious to him. Spaces yeah, where time. he's like yeah, he's like Mr. Serious Guy and like, no, take me seriously. So I think just like the way he looks sort of ties into that. And if you put, you know, James Franco in there who, you know, he's not really anymore, but at one point was like a serious, like leading man in Hollywood. That character comes off totally differently. So it'd be weird, but I don't don't know that'd be good weird. (laughs) I love that there's a good weird in your your movie world. (laughs) Pretty much every Nick Cage movie slots into into that category. uh, Interesting fact, right? Interesting. That is an interesting fact. That was Rudy's low-key movie fact of the week. Right there. I'll have to come up with a theme song to play, play a segue out of that. <laughs> oh, you guys hear that? It's off in the distance. It's, what? He's coming closer. Oh, that, is that who I think it is? That, that is? That's him. That's right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's the loose concept Pony Express back in action after a week of... A week of silence. He's got a whole mailbag full of emails. He's just pull, pulling them out, <laughs> email after email. Oh my MacBook. No, we got a it's we packed. we got three three messages from the listeners here that we can uh, break down. And there's a lot to lot to unpack here. So we got our work work cut out for us. But we're gonna start off with a with a follow up from last week's episode. This one comes from our esteemed guest from last week, my sister Leah Jarrett. She writes, thanks again for having me on the pod last week. As I continue reading the Edgar Rice Burroughs classic series, I can better answer some of your questions from last week. Number one, what's a banth? A banth is a giant, ten-legged, hairless Martian lion. Not to be confused with George Lucas's banthas, which are basically space yaks. They're not introduced until book two. Ah, so that's why we didn't see them in that movie. Which sounds tight. I mean, a giant, ten-legged, hairless Martian lion. Love it. That if I you know if I could do a retroactive uh, cut a scene add a scene for John Carter, that's I'm adding those in because that sounds tight. ten of those. Yeah, I think that would have put you over the edge, Elijah. I think that would have made made a, a two thumbs up. Yeah, for you, right. Could have could have turned could have turned things around for me on John Carter, <laughs> but we'll never know. And she writes. Yeah. She continues writing. Number two. How long is John Carter on Mars before he gets sent back to Earth? Again, he goes back and forth several times, but it's 10 years between he, between when he initially ri- arrives on Mars the first time and then he gets sent back to Earth. It's another 10 years after that before he's able to return to Mars. So, wow. I think the uh, takeaway there is that it's a uh, not enough time for a human body to fully decompose <laughs> as we saw Brian Cranston's body do in John Carter. Yeah. Well, didn't you look it up? What'd you say? The, uh... Fifty years. Fifty years for a human body to uh, decompose down to just a skeleton. So, so whose body was that? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> Brian Cranston is still out there somewhere in the John Carter universe. <laughs> he killed someone else and put his clothes on them. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Then she writes, lastly, a little bit of trivia for you. James Cameron has famously cited John Carter as the inspiration behind his own space epic, Avatar. So Love it. Love it. Yeah, that makes sense. Sort of an outsider becoming part of a community. 
Yeah, Love I get the, it, James. Uh, thank you note from a from a guest. Maybe yeah. our future and past guests can uh, learn something from that. Yeah, maybe follow up, follow up with additional <laughs> additional facts. That was great to have. Yeah. Great to have. Great. Yep. Moving Love on it. to our second second email. I, we got to get through these fast. I don't want the uh, the Pony Pony Express riders gotta gotta make the long journey back home. <laughs> yeah, they gotta go back up the mountain. This is a messenger. Uh, this is an. E- this is an e- <laughs> This is an email from another another listener. She's writing, First and foremost, thank you, fine gentlemen, for getting me through each work week with your spicy takes on cinematic artwork. Secondly, I have a question for Sean and Rudy. How dare you? I'm <laughs> exasperated by both Sean and Rudy for not agreeing that John Wick is, in fact, the peak of action filmography. Elijah, thank you for standing up for Keanu Reeves, even though I'm disappointed that you watch Nick Cage films. That is all for now. Stay loose. Wow, not to from not to not to bring back old skeletons. No, this is that one comes from the sister of my future sister-in-law. Oh, my okay. sister-in-law. Your sister-in-law's sister. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Shout out, sister-in-law's brother. My sister-in-law once removed. My brother's sister-in-law. My brother's future sister-in-law. Friend of the pod. Friend yes. of the pod. I love uh, getting called Morgan. out by people I don't know. That makes me feel famous. <laughs> yeah. She's uh yeah, you just came out, came out. You thought we were going to have a nice, peaceful, easygoing podcast. No, we're bringing the skeleton back out of the closet. That's right. My hottest take in the last, uh, in the history of Loose Concept, John Wick, better action film than <sighs> Born or Bond. Has she seen Skyfall? Is my only Seems question. like the people agree with me. That's all I'm saying. We haven't gotten any Sorry, emails Morgan. backing up your guys' opinion, but we've gotten one <laughs> backing up my opinion, so I think that means I win. But you're the only one who checks the email, so how do we know how do we know you're not filtering no. through hey, only takes that you the agree email with. account is looseconceptpod at gmail.com. The password is <laughs> I'm gonna bleep all that out. Okay, good. <laughs> you can <laughs> you can get on there and check whenever you like, and you'll see. There's, I, there's, you know, like 15 other emails all just backing up saying how right I was about that take. So, all right, fair enough. John Wick, certifiably better than, uh, than Born or Bond. But thanks for writing in. Shouts to Morgan. We appreciate you. Thanks, Shout Morgan. Out Morgan. Thanks for, <laughs> okay. thanks for being a fan of the pod. <laughs> Lastly, this this letter this last email has some snow on it. That's right. It came from came from the, the north. <laughs> It's on the loose concept dog sled. We got another that geese poop. Another <laughs> little geese poop on here. It's wrapped up in a Canadian flag. We have another. The subject line is more from the moose conceptuals. <laughs> so here we go. Everyone, put your seatbelts on. It's gonna be, be another wild ride. In parentheses. <laughs> It says, written in an over-enthusiastic reporter voice, but I kind of only remembered for the intro and outro, close parentheses. So I don't know. I guess I should read that in that voice. It says, it's the official Loose Concept Corporal of Canadian Content Collaboration, back from the bobsleigh with a new edition of Loose Loose Questions from Moose Conceptuals, where the questions are loose and the consistency of this segment is extremely unlikely. Let's get started. You keep Question. sending us emails, we'll keep answering it them. Says in the, it says in the parentheses here, don't have to answer all these questions if this is too long. Close parentheses. Oh, we're going to answer them. 
Number one, what's the deal with the CIA death? Pe- oh, these are getting into our uh, into our movie feature film of the week. We'll have to revisit this first one. Oh, these are all these are. Wait, we might have to revisit this. I might. They're all ten this. related. Yeah, these are all related to our feature film of the week. He's got more. Well, so okay. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna put this on hold. We'll revisit the uh, the. We'll put a pin in that. Yeah, we're gonna put a pin in this. We're gonna revisit the official loose concept corporal of Canadian content collaboration later on in the pod after we've discussed our our movie, and the, we're gonna add these to the the miscellaneous miscellaneous questions. So love it. It's a little call that a tease. That's a tease, folks. It's a little foreshadowing. All right, we're gonna send off our send off our uh, our our Pony Express rider. Thank you for your service. My dude, it's been real. You come back soon. Yeah, have a safe <laughs> safe journey. And we're going to transition into discussing our feature film of the week. This week, <gasps> our first time doing a newly released blockbuster. What? what? That's right. We're breaking down Tenet. Mind bring me in. You really want to know? He can communicate with the future. Time travel. No. Inversion. All I have for you is a word. Tenet. It'll open the right doors. Some of the wrong ones, too. As I understand it, we're trying to prevent World War Three. Nuclear holocaust. Well, I've seen too much. Well, we'll try and keep up. I'm not saying I'm again here. There are people in the future who need us. This is where our worlds collide. How would you like to die? say spoiler alert for the first time so tenant uh before we get started and we do want to make a disclaimer this will be a spoiler spoiler zone so if you're you haven't seen tenant yet this is probably not the episode episode for you it might be time to uh move along revisit this episode come back to it we promise the content will still be good content will stay hot and fresh while you put this aside until after you see tenant uh but we're going to be diving into this uh deeply Taking a deep dive into the new rele- newly released Christopher Nolan, uh, John David Washington, and Robert Pattinson vehicle, armed with only one word, Tenet, and fighting for the survival of the entire world, a protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. Tenet. Boys. He had guns, too. He wasn't armed with just the word. He had guns. <laughs> <laughs> there were some guns, some cars. There were a couple guns. There were some other uh, tools he had at his disposal. But uh, let's get right into it here. Yeah. Let's do it. Rudy, so we, you know, as a disclaimer, we all have various <clears throat> varying levels of uh, interaction with this movie. Rudy's seen it twice. Yep. Sean and I have both seen it once. Sean saw it uh, two days ago. I saw it uh, a week and a half ago. <laughs> so... <laughs> the levels in which we remember things or have thought through things maybe maybe varied somewhat but uh hey you know if you wanted a podcast with qualified hosts you probably stopped listening to this one a long time ago <laughs> yes but we'll we'll start with you Rudy our leadoff hitter best thing about tenet yeah uh this movie refined like wine 
the second time around. It Ooh, was just, really? Oh. It was just as good. It, it was like, I, I, I think of this movie as like an amazing painting by Monet, where it's like you could hang it in your house and just anytime you watch it, anytime you look, gaze upon it, <laughs> it fills you with feelings of longing. Um, the best part about this movie, I thought, was uh, the the score and the intensity that attached the score. I originally yeah. thought it was uh, I originally thought it was uh, Hans Zimmer because he teams up no, with Christopher no. Nolan a lot. Yeah. It is not Hans no. Zimmer. It is actually Ludwig Jorgensen. Yeah, he brought in some fresh blood. Fresh blood, and I actually looked it up, and, and it, it, it's they wrote that the coronavirus shut down mid uh, filming or mid recording of the score. So they had the musicians record from their houses what? the various parts. Yeah. Isn't that oh, amazing? Oh, wow. That's tight. So, so yeah. So right off the bat, you start off with that scene with the opera. And I'm like, my heart starts racing. Like my, my heartbeat increases. Yes. <laughs> watching him run into that building and, you know, pretend to be a SWAT member. And then, you know, all, up into the point where the he has the first encounter with the uh reverse bullet it's just you know that whole scene is just electric super fast and the movie you know it slows down at certain points and i think it does so in order for you to kind of catch your breath yeah but it's just uh it just rips right along and i think here's a hot take this is the (laughs) this is the fastest two and a half movie i've ever watched wow yeah i i'm i think i'm and you know, you know me. I'm big the uh, the big ninety minute movie guy, but uh, <laughs> big ninety. <laughs> that's really you know more of like a spiritual thing. If the movies, there's movies that are you know under ninety minutes, but feel like they're more than ninety minutes, and there are movies that are you know over ninety minutes, but feel like they're you yeah. know right there. And this yep, movie, it, in the same way that John Wick does a lot. And you know you feel like you're you're never like bogged down where it's just like there's stuff happening. This movie is one of those movies. Um, we'll dive into this a little bit more and cut a scene out of scene later on. But uh, overall, yeah, pace excellent pace, just rollicking, rollicking. John, you have a best or worst? Or start with your so, best? Sorry, just the best. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with my best. Um, I have a word. It's called Tenet? ambition. Oh. <laughs> I thought the word was going to be dead. <laughs> I thought that the, <laughs> the best part, I think, was the ambition of Nolan with how intelligent the movie was. Yeah. That on the first showing, you really don't grasp it all. Whereas Inception, I think, and Interstellar were probably on the same plane of kind of... You probably need to read an article or watch a video afterwards. I think this one really needs to be studied and um, the plot line needs to be studied with the ambition of Nolan trying to fit that in two and a half hours and kind of world build through that, but also just the stunts and the scale of the set pieces. Yeah. I think there was, there was a lot of ambition there with... Um, he really crashed a plane into the side <laughs> of a working airport. Um, yeah. If you watch some behind-the-scenes videos, he really did have them bungee jump. He really did shut down an Estonia highway for three weeks to film yeah. that carjacking scene. Wow. Um, so I just think it was pretty incredible. Even the the choreography that the actors used when they were fighting um, their previous selves, their future selves. Um, spoiler, a lot major of that, spoilers. 
Huge spoilers. Love it, Sean. Keep them coming. <laughs> yeah, well, the, spoiler alert. Anyone listening uh, by this point should have seen the movie, so spoil it all. Yeah, so I think that was incredible, the, the way that they choreographed it to to make it look like they almost did it in reverse or CGI um, with another kind of actor maybe doing a reverse, but they really did do a lot of those scenes in reverse, so I thought that was pretty incredible. I Love see you. I see you. See you've, see you've found a way to uh, talk about a lot of things while still just only talking about one. <laughs> one thing. word. Yeah, <laughs> the good old loophole. I respect. Got one it. word for you. I respect you know, everything yeah, I about this movie. Filibuster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with both of those things. Uh, my best part of the movie is, uh, and it's imagine. I imagine it's something that I'll get better with time too. Is a. Uh, John David Washington's air ties. He's a big fan of the air tie, button the shirt all the way up, and then go tieless under the suit jacket. <laughs> I love it. It's a fantastic look. It looks fresh in every scene. Freaking dude just crushes it style-wise. So best part of the movie too. for Wasn't me. his posture amazing? Excellent posture. So-, so jealous. Yeah. So jealous. <laughs> so jealous. As, as a noted uh, terrible posture haver, I'm very jealous of his posture. But also his air ties. Going to a wedding tomorrow morning. Think I might try and try and pull off the air tie. We'll see. Ambitious. I don't know if I. I don't know if I have that that <laughs> level of. Uh, what's the word? Ambition. Suave. <laughs> yeah. Gravity. Gravitas. Gravity. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's pivot into the worst worst segment. Ooh. Which is tough Maybe for a movie coming. movie that's good. We yeah. all agree this movie's excellent. You know, right off the bat, but I, I, I imagine, I imagine one of you guys will have the same, same worst. But I thought overall the, the sound editing was kind of poor, and this yeah. is like a, a sort of recurring problem with Nolan movies, where you know, it's there when there's a lot happening, it gets hard to hear the dialogue, and he puts important dialogue in these scenes where there's loud noises in the background, and so you can't yep. really hear, which yeah. is a creative choice, I guess, in some some ways but at the same time it's like really hard that scene where you know he's talking through the translator and he's it's the backwards version of Kenneth Branagh's character and he's talking to the forward version of uh, John David Washington's character but it's like coming through the speaker it's like you can't hear a single thing (laughs) that he's saying forward or (laughs) backwards yeah and so you know and then there's lots of just like uh Christopher Nolan's kind of famous for his blah noises and there's there's lots of blah going on in the background which is blah. cool like I respect that he has a signature and all but that was that's my worst the sound editing just all mm. sound, sort of a jumbled mess yeah that's my bit. worst part as well is the sound mixing oh wow um, I think it, it's obviously intentional because it's not like he just did it in one movie and then realized oh I didn't mean to do that um, <laughs> I think it's very much a style choice like you said yeah. But it just makes it extremely difficult yeah. to understand like the critical dialogue that I think really helps you probably put the pieces together. Yeah. And I think that is maybe why he wants it to be intentional so that it's more of a a book to be studied in a way rather than just something to be consumed. Yeah. Um that's true. But it is it makes it frustrating when you're in the theater and you're like, I really want to understand this right now because it's just so amazing what I'm seeing, the visuals. I want to understand what's actually the, what the plot is. Yeah. Um, just give me some but, subtitles. Yeah, the subtitles would be helpful. Uh, 
I know you're not a fan of Elijah. Yeah. But maybe <laughs> but on the, the soundtrack second, was booming the second yeah. time around. Um. So my worst part is different, but I, for a quick tease, I handled the sound problem. I think my biggest culprit, the biggest culprit of the sound problem, in my cut a scene. So uh, let that let that hang okay. out there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but uh, my worst part was the bullet scientist that he originally meets when he goes like after he gets off of the. Uh, yeah. Know, the windmill team. Laura. And goes, yeah. Is that her name, Laura? Yeah. She was like, I found her so like irritating. She was just, she didn't <laughs> smile. She was just like super deadpan. Like you were working with the coolest stuff in the world. They could have, like, they could have had a robot there doing it. It, it, it was horrible, <laughs> and I was just like, this is, this is terrible. I don't know. I, I thought it was just bad acting too. Yeah. She just. Uh, just I don't know. Oh yeah, you have to have dropped it first. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't stand it. So yeah, that was the worst she like part didn't really that. understand that that uh, John D- David Washington's character, which we don't get a name for, the protagonist. Mm-hmm. She like doesn't understand why he doesn't get it. She's like, what do you what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean like, you don't get this extremely like, complex fake science? <laughs> Chill out. Super complex thing, theory. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. one of my favorite things doing this podcast is hearing Rudy's impressions of actresses. I love it. Oh, <laughs> boy. That's <laughs> my favorite thing. <laughs> it's going to get me canceled. Well, let's, uh, let's keep this train rolling. We got to keep this train rolling. Let's get a, let's talk, um, what do you want to do? Uh, cut a scene, add a scene next? Is that what we do? Yeah. That's what we typically do. Twenty-five we, episodes yeah. so far. <laughs> Twenty-five episodes. I always we, forget the order of this. This segment. That's what we've been known to, for doing. Yeah. I know best and worst, and then after that, all bets are off. It's just a free for all. So let's uh, let's move into it then. Cut a scene, add a scene. We'll start with you, Rudy. You teased oh, it. I teased it. Yeah. Let's hear yeah. it. So it's a sound editing thing. I think I want to cut out the whole every scene with Priya. The um, Indian woman who is like the arms dealer, oh, or her work, who works with the cool. arms dealer. She's from India. She is an Indian woman, right? Yeah, but you're cutting her out. You're cutting out a woman of color well, from this movie. You're right. We need more white <laughs> actors in this you're movie. Killing me now. I'm really getting get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just every scene with her, I feel like they tried. He tried to use her to like explain things and to kind of put put the you know tie the whole plot together. But she was like the biggest culprit of like hard to understand dialogue you know with the sound behind them and yeah they're walking in a street yeah they're walking in a busy street and you can barely <laughs> hear them and so you don't that? really get much from them and it's like and, it, and i thought about her part was the most confusing where like he goes back in time to talk to her about how she's gonna tell him something and how yeah. she doesn't want him he doesn't want her to tell him that in yeah. the future it was like okay stop <laughs> just, just stop yeah. right now <laughs> <laughs> so I think you cut out that it cuts out a lot of the like hard to understand things and, That's and some true, of the but ambiguity. You need her, I feel like, for like deposition. Like she moves, like she she's explain she's an explainer a little bit. She's explaining how things work. I you think know? you could use a different character for that in a different setting. I think you could use Neil in that for more of it. He does he, he explains a little bit of the science, I but he kind of so. is always on the back. He's always kind of like he's the one playing catch up, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I feel like there's another way you could. I, you're right. You need to like she explains some things, but I, I she doesn't do a good, very good job of it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So in its place, 
you know me. This is the 25th episode, boys. Montage. You know where I'm going. We got this. a montage coming here. I we feel it. We got a montage coming. <laughs> and this could be a montage. I, I want a 15-minute montage. I'm not talking about a two-minute or a 30-second, you know. Wow. I want 15 a 15-minute montage. montage. Maybe not 15. That's really long. That's like a, a long seven. montage. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a seven-minute montage. And at the end of the movie, okay, major spoiler coming right now, when, when Neil reveals to... The protagonist that they're have lived this whole life together and they have this great friendship ahead yeah. of them i want some sort of like deja vu mm. flashback type thing where the protagonist kind of sees his future because the timelines like time is so distorted right yeah where he sees his future and he sees some of these great escapades and adventures that they get on and like you know him flying through different countries and you know rescuing princesses yep. and saving the day and just yep. like Balling okay. out, and if it's the longer the better, yeah. And I just think that would be yeah. an incredible ad. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut in and jump ahead of Sean. Sorry, Sean, but I'm I gotta say my that was my Addison okay. as well. Okay. I was we're just starting right off the bat with my Addison, but I have the same Addison. I actually have it written down here. A montage of more of that relationship, you know, the Neil and uh, protagonist relationship, something going on there. I feel like we're. We're, we're probably not going to get a sequel to this at some point. So, like, the, this is all we get. And it would have been nice to just see some more, uh, you know, some more chemistry vibes. They felt like they had good chemistry all movie, the whole movie long. So, yeah, more of that. Same thing. Montage I had written here. Sort of like a flash forward <laughs> montage, you know. Love it. Flash forward, back, flash back forward thing going on. So. <laughs> yeah. My cut of scene then hangs. is, uh, just the ending there's some the ending i felt dragged out that was the only time in the movie where i felt it was dragging a little bit like all right let's you know let's figure out what's going on here like we got to you know move some things where they're dismantling the bomb they're all just like standing standing around talking to each other and that irish guy aaron taylor johnson is there the irish guy or whatever he's just like talking it's like okay you know whatever like some of that can some of that can go. It's like just get in your helicopter and leave, dude. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I, that's what I'm cutting okay. out. Over to you, Sean. <laughs> okay, so my add a scene. I think one of the issues with the movie is we're thrown into this world, and I think Inception does a good job of it of kind of explaining the world. We have. Um, uh, the architect in Inception that doesn't Ellen Page's character, who doesn't really understand what she's getting into. So, you have um, Leo kind of explaining what the world is and you know the process. Victor, who's that leader guy on the boat, um, who kind of brings um, John David Washington's character, the protagonist, to after his sort of test. Yep. In the trailer, and I know, you know, I, I would have liked him or Michael Caine's character to kind of be more of a, not a narrator, but just a guide to what this world is about. Um, I think Laura, who's that scientist, was supposed to be that character, but like you guys mentioned, I don't think she did a successful job of it in showing care of like really explaining things she just kind of was like hey oh i have to deal with you this is my three o'clock appointment because yeah. i gotta tell you what's going on <laughs> and um yeah, i think it would have been really too. cool to have either that um you know victor or i think you know 
being uh, a Nolan film, I think it would have been incredible to have Michael Caine kind of sit him down at that table and have more of an expanded role to explain the rules that he's dealing with. So he has a little bit more of knowledge of, because I think some of the stuff that Priya explains to him over very loud um, background noise (laughs) um, that we're finding out later on, like, oh, there's a future scientist. All that I think would have been helpful in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, So I'm adding that. And then I'm cutting out some of the, the lulls. I think that the incredible part of this movie is it kind of keeps you at this elevated heart rate from like the minute it starts um, with that opera scene. And it kind of dips down when we go to the windmill, he's training in the windmill. What, what, what is he doing in the windmill? He's just doing pushups. It's like this (laughs) Batman training scene. Yeah. That scene's Um, so tight though. I love it. Yeah. Well, Here's your your workout windmill. (laughs) We're going at 150 miles an hour, and it and it goes back to a cruising of like 25 miles an hour with that whole windmill, and then some uh, some other parts. um, Any part that kind of brings us back down, I I would have liked to just press the, you know, the acceleration um, all the way down. Sure. And that even would go to like maybe having Michael Caine explain this whole series over. Um, you know, a, a car ride that they're trying to escape somebody. I don't know. Yeah. Some kind of pressure built up rather than it just seemed like that Laura scene with the scientist and then the windmill, it kind of just, it kind of slowed things down to a crawl and you're still not really understanding anything afterwards. So sure. anyway, okay. That's, I see that. that's where I'm going with the pacing. Yeah. It's kind of mixed, but yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Well, Let's uh let's keep keep moving here, moving on. Let's get into our next segment. Let's talk recasts. Yeah, how do you do that with a Nolan movie when he's uh the casting genius? Um <laughs> Oh, I got a well, good did... one. Just wait. Oh boy. <laughs> um so I mentioned my uh dissatisfaction with the bullet scientist, but I'm actually not gonna recast that character. I'm going after Kat, Elizabeth DeBecky. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, the first on the first watch, she was much more irritating to me than on the second watch. Uh, on the first watch, I thought she was like very whiny and like just. It's because she's taller than son. you, isn't it? She's taller. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> what it is. But just like, oh, my son, my son's the only thing that matters to me, and I don't care about the whole world. There it is, Rudy impersonating <laughs> actresses again. Um, and I just thought she was she she, she could be improved upon. Okay. By recasting her as. With Lily James, Baby Driver, Pride and Prejudice, huh. Mamma Mia, big fan yeah. of Lily James. Kind of like got a soft spot for Lily James, but uh, I just think she plays much more of like a. Uh, I think she plays a better damsel, and you know, would just could be more of like a love interest for the protagonist. Like the protagonist never really like he's almost always like more of a guardian, yeah, rather than like a love interest for her. Yeah, you so, had a little a little tension yeah. there, a little sexual yeah. tension, a little romance, a little will they won't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are they gonna get it on in this yacht right now or what? That's true. He's almost like he's almost like a bodyguard type. <laughs> gotcha. Role. Yep. Okay. Okay. I dig it. I was gonna say she seems a little like a little young, but she's. I looked it up. She's thirty-one years old, so I think that's yeah, like age-wise, that still works with like Kenneth Branagh. 
You know, yep. you don't want that age gap getting too wide there, or else it too becomes creepy. like really, yeah, a little too <laughs> bizarre. But I, I can dig that. I can dig that. Sean, what do you got? So, depending on how you think this actor did, this might be shocking, but I'm replacing Kenneth Branagh with mm. Hugh Laurie. Oh. Ooh, nice. I think he's very nice. Uh, I don't know, Kenneth. Did a good job, and it's really hard to kind of choose a recast because I thought everybody did a pretty incredible job. Yeah. Um, but that's really the only part where I thought that could be changed out possibly and um, be improved upon a little bit. So. Yeah. That's an interesting interesting choice. I feel like in my mind, Kenneth Branagh and uh, Hugh Laurie, they're like similar vibes in the way they would play that yeah. character, though. So, like... We'll get. I'm about to get into my recast here because. Well, here we go. I'm explain a little bit. Is that I kind of see his character, his, my image of him as an actor in Dunkirk and Murder on the Orient Express. Um, you know, a lot of his recent movies have been kind of this hero type figure. Um, so anyway, that's why it was kind of hard to see him as like the sinister guy yeah. who his only is just very huh. selfish yeah whereas hugh laurie you know i've seen him in a couple mini series and things that have you know if you've seen the, the night manager i was just gonna say it sounds like sounds like has, you're uh, referencing the night manager That's yeah which also has elizabeth debicki in it um as his love interest so i think that would have been pretty incredible um follow-up to that series okay i can see it i can see it um like i said though i feel like that's they just have similar vibes in my head. The way Hugh Laurie plays the villain in The Night Manager, I feel like it's very similar to the way Kenneth Branagh plays the villain in this. So it's like to me, they're very. It's you're not going, yeah. you're not getting getting Lucy getting Lucy Goosey enough here. So we're gonna get a little crazy. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. I'm like, I'm a big fan of the Matt Damon surprise casting in uh in uh, Interstellar Avengers. that Christopher Nolan pulled off. Where it's just like, whoa, Matt Damon's, you know, you're in the theater and it's just like total shock. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love yeah. that whole vibe. So I'm going to do something similar to that here. He's sort of played that a little bit, you know, with the sun shining behind his head. And like, you couldn't yeah. really, for a while, you couldn't tell who the villain was. So, but you knew, you know, from the trailers and stuff that Kenneth Branagh was in it and that, you know, he was going to be the bad guy. But we're taking at him out of all the marketing. So the villain's not in any of the marketing. And we're taking him, you know, just keep playing it the same way. He's It's sort of shrouded in mystery for the first half. But when they finally reveal it, you know who the bad guy is? It's George Clooney. Ooh. Boom. We haven't really Love seen it. George play, See play a villain before, but I, you know, I think he could do it. I think he has it in him. I think he's been away for long enough now that the people are sort of unfamiliar with him. They could see it and be like whoa has george clooney just been like going bananas this whole time he hasn't been in like any major movies and he's there and it's shocking and it's just sort of like jarring and he's a bad guy and he's sort of like a psycho you know you know domestic abuser guy and it's like what is happening here and it'll be sort of like brain overload which is very very jarring yeah which is one of my favorite things that a movie can be (laughs) so that was that was my recast I i i 
experimented with a couple others. I thought about a couple others. McConaughey. I was thinking maybe Charlie Sheen. Get really bananas. I was, then I was thinking, uh, you know, why not just say Nick Cage? It's James pretty Franco. pretty obvious. You know, but, I uh, like I like that. George I think George Clooney. Clooney would have the desire to. Yeah, fight. it would do the same thing where you're kind of like, okay, I know there's John David Washington, Robert Pattinson. Who is this? You know, yeah, villain. And it would still have that shock where you're like, like you were, in, you know, in Interstellar. There's this character who's lovable in a lot of the other movies and the oceans and countless yeah. other films. Wait, what? You're trying to like, oh, it, yeah, like you said, it's jarring while you're even trying to figure out what the plot right? of this movie is. How is he an evil guy? So, yeah, that'd be, yeah. that'd Love be good, it. dude. Love it, it was tempting to uh, recast Elizabeth Debicki as well. I thought she was fine. She wasn't great. I, my uh, my one friend Zach, who has seen this movie three times in theaters now, Whoa. he's he's all in on the the tenant tenant universe. He had a a recast for her. He wanted to see Gal Gadot. Ooh, oh, love it, love it. She's an would, interesting yeah, interesting pull. Another incredible. another tall tall actress. Maybe a little more emotive though. You know, someone who yes. can do a lot of the same things as Elizabeth Debicki, but. Is just a little more, you know, charismatic on screen. So, shouts to Zach for seeing this movie three times in a row. He's he's, he's, he's inflating those box office numbers. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> hey, someone's got to do it. You know, it's it's an it's an honest work, but uh, someone's got to do it. So, well, let's move on into the uh, miscellaneous questions segment. We can finally get into get into this this letter here from our oh, uh, from the Moose Conceptuals. He's got a couple of questions. First of all, number one, questions. He writes, doesn't have to answer them all if this is too long, but we're going to answer them anyway. Number one, what's the deal with the CIA death pill? We learn at the beginning that the pills are just a test when the protagonist takes it and wakes up later. Then just before the climax, the main Russian bad guy is like, I'm going to kill myself with this CIA suicide pill, which is bad because when he dies, time collides with itself or whatever. But the pill actually isn't a suicide <laughs> pill, right? So he will just go into a coma and keep on living, and presumably the world wouldn't end until he wakes up later and he realizes he isn't dead yet. So No, because what I, happened was those suicide pills are real things. Yeah. And they They're gave cyanide. John David Washington a fake real thing. No, I think they gave him the real one. He was just, it just, he was able to withstand. Didn't they say they like restructured, they like had pl- a plastic surgeon like restructure they his s- face and stuff? That's yeah, they, they that's said that. They pulled all but... of his teeth out. Yeah. Uh, the, the the Russian guys pulled all of his teeth out. Oh. Uh, but they, yeah, I think they said it was, it was a, a fake it was one. Like yeah. a t- oh, it was a fake Yeah, it was a test. Oh, so but yeah, that's easily explained. So th- normally he had a real pill. He had a fake. I think work. It's like, yeah, if he, you have a fake gun. Yeah, that doesn't mean that all the guns at the CIA have a fake. Right? <laughs> Come on, Moose. All right, so we solved that one for the the Moose conceptuals. Question number two: Would this make movie with uh, question number two? Would this movie make more or less sense if it was shown scene by scene in reverse, memento style? I was thinking about that. I was like, can they show it in reverse and it makes sense? Like the <laughs> Zeppelin album. If you watch the movie backwards, are the guys walking backwards, walking forwards? Yeah, yeah, it you would gotta be. think yes. I don't know. No, it would not make sense though. <laughs> you know what, Moose or Moose Conceptual is. Uh, if you guys give this like six months, I guarantee you, some dude on YouTube is gonna have it playing backwards, and you can just like look that's it up. What I'm on saying, YouTube. are they? Is somebody gonna create a video that's gonna have like 
little cartoon art, you know, pieces that are it's going to explain um, piece by piece what actually happens yeah. in the right timeline, probably. Well, now you're getting into this next part of this letter from, from our Canadian listeners. Possible criticism, question mark? Crazy and difficult to explain plot twists in in Inception. It was a dream the whole time, or it was a dream within a dream. Crazy and difficult to explain twist and tenet. It was a time pincher the whole time. It was a time pincher within a time pincher. Is this a Christopher Nolan trope? In parentheses, maybe. Does it matter? In parentheses, nope. Is Nolan the new Shamayalamayama then? In parentheses, (laughs) not likely, but hey. Close parentheses. Anyways, overall, it was entertaining. He writes, my number one Nolan film, because I freaking love a time paradox. Also, probably probably because of recency bias. Definitely interested to see how it ages. Very curious to see what you guys think. Signing off here in Punky Doodles Corners, Ontario. These have been some loosely pondered <laughs> questions. Doodles. You guys have been great, and I've been baffled by this movie. Time pinchers. Keep it loose. P.S. This email reads the same backwards as it does forwards. <laughs> P.P.S. Dang. J.K. That'd be dope, though. <laughs> wow. Thank you yeah, to our Canadian listener. Shouts to... Yeah, I think he brings up a lot of good questions. Shouts to our dear friend, Sam. What a legend. Legend. R- right now. <laughs> incredible change. emails. He has two questions, though. He only has two. <laughs> <laughs> Just two questions. Well, the there, there's it. a third one. Is Nolan the new Shemayalamalan? Shemayalan. Shemayalan. Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Um, love it. What What was with this? If we're going into miscellaneous thoughts and questions, mm-hmm. what was the whole wake up the Americans at the beginning? Was that? CIA, yeah, yeah, dude. I know, Maybe but why, did, like, why were they sleeping? Because they were waiting for the whole plot to go down. I know, but it had a little bit of like maybe some inception of sleeping, waking up in a new... Well, yeah, let's get into some theories. Do you buy that that this ties into Inception theory? Because that's, that's what my... I'm saying. I, it, ha- it has some similarities to Inception in that, you know, no. this kind of sh- shadow group that they a small society understands this yeah. and no one else understands it. There's been a lot I mean, of... There's been a lot of, uh, not a lot of, but there's been some buzz that possibly uh, Robert Pattinson's character, Neil, is Leonardo DiCaprio's son. Nope. Ooh. Nope. Nope. You're out on that theory. I really like that because I've been wanting to understand how these two movies can kind of, because they are very different in the types of challenges that they address but i like that theory we well didn't talk about the other theory that's what i was just gonna say there's there's lots of speculation around that character because the other theory then is that neil is actually max the boy gum, the coming backwards through time and then moving forwards when he meets john david washington etc 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 there i love this theory a lot because there are a lot of uh Good reasons why that's true. Yeah. Um, one is um, the scene where they're trying to track down, they're trying to do the pincer and get the uh, piece of the algorithm where they have like, the, they're in the BMW. Yeah. John David Washington asks uh, Robert Pattinson because he's listening to the police uh, interceptor. He says, I thought you spoke Estonian. And he said, no, they're, they're talking backwards. Yeah. 
Estonian is the language that the uh, Bragna's character yep. speaks, who would be his father. Yep. Okay. Uh, also, yep. he speaks a dialect of English yep. that is the same as the mother yeah. cat. Yep. And finally, Ooh. which I think is like less, you know, he's he studied mecha- uh, physics and like science. He's a master's degree. in physics. Yeah. So like, kind of like, oh, he grew up with this guy, John, you know, with the guy protagonist. Yeah. Kind of showing him the ropes and teaching him stuff. Pushing him in the right Lo- direction. It would yeah. it would sort of play along with the when that whole line about, you know, we have that, you know, bright future or whatever, this long friendship ahead of us sort of deal. Like it sort of works in that context, right? That, you know, mm-hmm. the protagonist has been there sort of helping him throughout his entire life until he gets that age when he has to go back and uh sort of help help the protagonist. So I don't know. I buy into this one as well. There's uh, Nolan himself has said that that character has you know other uh, importance outside of the um, the most obvious. So you know it lead, it lends itself to that theory a little bit as well. Um, plus, it's interesting to think about. I don't know. I haven't I haven't rewatched it yet, so I'm excited to go back and rewatch it with that theory in mind and see if that it makes more or less sense. In that context. So no one, no one alludes to Neil's character has more to his backstory or more connections than what potentially, the movie kind of yeah. You yeah. know, Nolan's so always he's always towards Inception. He's always oh, there you go. <laughs> he's always very vague about you know these characters. He is the same way about Inception. So this is really like nothing new, but um, it's still something. Do you think that he does another movie in this world, or do you think... I don't think so. No, I don't think he, I don't I think don't he re- revisits it. I mean, he hasn't with any of the movies yet. There's some, some very loose talk of them possibly doing, you know, an uh, 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 interstellar, interstellar uh, sequel, but not directed by Nolan, which would just be a huge mistake. But other than that, he like he, these standalone ones, he hasn't revisited them. Yeah, I know. I just didn't know if this would be one... It was really interesting with the casting that he he really trusts his actors when he kind of chooses them. Sometimes they're not the biggest actors in the world that can kind of fill into these big shoes, but he is a pretty good his pretty good eye for young talent yeah. and oh, um, yeah. big time. I think it was an amazing cast to get um, casting job to get John David Washington because. I felt like he really held his own as a just top build actor. Um, Son of Denzel. Yeah. It's in his blood. Um, my, my real quick, my miscellaneous question is, is, uh, is Christopher Nolan the greatest Wikipedia surfer of all time? <laughs> Wikipedia <laughs> Dude, surfer. I'm literally looking at the Wikipedia Seder stone right now. Uh, yeah. So, the, bring that so up. the notably the Seder stone page as uh, a terrific Wikipedia page to look into when uh Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, when uh, researching this film, you got to think and Opera. then there's another one about the uh Maxwell's demon and the demon door. Now if you, you know, open the door a little bit, the time particles or whatever, I don't understand it at all, but Christopher Nolan seems to they they move one way or the other if you open and close the door fast enough or something. But um so two those are two, just two of the Wikipedia pages that you could look into about this. But uh, 
sort of the same thing, Interstellar. There's all sorts of like theory of relativity, Wikipedia stuff that comes in with that one. Same with Inception and Dreams. So my theory is Christopher Nolan just stays up late at night surfing, surfing the old the old wiki, looking for uh, interesting pages to make articles about. Love it. Yeah, that was it was cool. I picked up like there's every word in the Seder Stone is mentioned in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And it was even 100 percent looked at that uh, that wiki page and was like, oh, this is good. I can use this. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna make an entire movie about this. opera tenant. Yeah. Um, I have a quick question. Yeah. The guys that are working for Seder that are like his henchmen. Yeah. Do they know what his end goal is? No, because no chance, no way. Why would you want to be working for a guy who's gonna kill everybody? You know? They they seen those gold bars, son. That's all. That's why they're working for him. They're hoping they get a gold bar rammed into their head. <laughs> uh, I also thought it was funny that they planned the two missions. Like they had like a little mini montage while they were playing the two missions. Yeah. On both in both instances, they're riding buses and they're like. Maybe we should uh, crash a plane into the building. You know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should. Uh, what was the other mission they were planning? Oh, we need a fast car that doesn't look too fast. And a fire truck. Awesome. Yeah. Great montages. Great montages. Yeah. I mean, that sort of takes us into our overall recap. This is, you know, I feel like it's too like recency bias heavy to to uh, throw it into the top twenty, but I can see this getting there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is just. It's awesome. It's such a good. It's got to be seasoned a little bit. He, uh, I loved, I loved all the Freeport, um, ex, you know, <laughs> just world of that of all those the rich people the putting their that, stuff in there, and then yeah. it was just an interesting uh, the dynamic. business stuff. Yeah, I love the business stuff. The biz dev content. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I said the other week when we first were recapping it, but it, you know, my first reaction walking out was just, you know, he did it again. Like, how, how does Christopher Nolan keep making these awesome, awesome movies? Like Sam said, it's you know, it feels a little preempted to put it at a number one Nolan film, but it's it's could be there, you know, at some point. Yeah, that's yeah. The, it's the, the level of this sure. movie. So, do you Best think movie I've seen in theaters billion? in a long time? That's the tricky part, is because like it's not going to have all that, you know theater time it's like yeah well he says he'll keep it, it in there right? for a while i wonder if it eventually becomes like a cult classic like i wonder if there are people that are not seeing it now you know that will see it and it'll, you know it sort of will have this second life because it will live on in you know streaming or tv or whatever yeah. i don't know i could see that but uh well all right let's uh that was it. That was our first feature first feature film for a new movie that's currently still in theaters. So uh, next week on the show, we're going to have a guest on, and we will be breaking down... Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water. Oh. Chris, Chris Pine vehicle. A noted classic. I know it. Also starring Jeff Bridges. So um, be sure to stay tuned for that. You can write into the Loose Concept Pony Express. Send an email to looseconceptpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at looseconceptpod. Um, yeah. Or you can, if you have our phone numbers, you can text us. It's <laughs> <laughs> always an option, too. It seems like a lot of people like to, uh, like to use that method to remind me of all my mistakes on this podcast. So that's also Love an option. It. Love it. Thanks for but, the uh, Pony Express letters, too. It's really yes, great to read thank, this week. Thank you guys for writing into the Pony Express. They always make us they make us laugh, and they're yeah. great. So, shouts to our Pony Express writers for this week. 
Um, everyone, we'll talk to you next week. Remember to always keep it loose. Keep it loose. Keep it conceptual. I had a bad experience. Damn it. Do I really look like a guy with a man? You can't handle the truth. Next, he amazed me still further in Italy when he saved a fatherless beauty from the wood-bearer of her dreadful turkey trunk. How's the pie?